files fans and this is we want to believe hey everybody we're back have you missed us i don't know that was weird i don't know how to start <laughs> these things all right they have not and now they're yeah not going to well they're not forced to you can just turn this off right now actually That's don't true. turn it off I, it occurred to me i should be telling you just opened our podcast listener and if you haven't hit subscribe do it now. That would be nice. We would appreciate yes. that. Just, yes, just please. The button. Just boom. Just click it now. Okay. Now you're done. Now you can listen to us. Yes. And we have um, stories today. Yes. Yeah. Um, we have some updates. Liz apparently has a story from Europe. Yep. And we took a break basically because Liz was in Europe and uh, it was I was increasingly difficult to schedule things. Yes. I was working several jobs very tired yeah. hard to hard to when i would be done she would be asleep yeah so yeah it yeah. just didn't work out so i am yeah. back in the u.s yay but i'm gonna bring you a story from scotland today i'm excited i haven't heard this this is it was really random not we didn't okay so we oh, i'll just just to tell the listeners i got covid while we were in ireland so mm -hmm. i was in bed uh, for many days, it was just like, it was a flu for me is what it felt like. It wasn't super bad, but obviously I had to stay in my hotel room and not do anything. So a lot of the deliberately spooky plans we had, we were going to do some ghost tours in Edinburgh. We were going to go to some haunted places in Belfast. We ended up not getting to do those. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. Yeah. That's I what ended up getting axed when I got sick. Uh, that's too um, bad. And so when we flew into Edinburgh, our schedule had changed. We were only there for one night. It ended up turning out, but mm. really liked it. Can't wait to go back, you know, saw a couple hours of it. But okay, so we flew into the Edinburgh airport. And what I like about this story is that, like I said, we didn't go on any ghost tours. We didn't seek out anything creepy. This just happened. Mm. Um, so first of all, at Belfast, at the airport there, to, we'd already checked in online, but they don't have just like a nice little baggage drop. You have to wait in line and it's a pretty small airport. So it's like if there's multiple flights leaving at once, you're waiting in line for a while. And then there was like, oh, this, these details don't matter. We kind of made friends with this dude who was in line near us. Like we accidentally cut him off and he was really nice. And so it was this Scottish guy, older guy. Um, I don't know, tall man with gray hair. Nice. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Very friendly. Um and then we kept seeing him. He was on our flight. And then um, when we got to the Edinburgh airport, we were waiting for our bags and finally got them. And then as we were waiting and like going to grab them, because it was weird, they were coming out like two or three at a time and then the belt would stop and then <laughs> a few suitcases and it would stop. And so finally ours came out at the same time as his. And so we were walking and we were going and, and kind of talking to him and he was like, oh, so you're staying in Edinburgh. And we're like, yeah, yeah, it's our first time there. And he's like, oh, you should go to um, this one cemetery. <laughs> and Ooh. he starts like telling us right away about the cemetery we should go to. I don't remember the name of it right now. Adam might oh, remember. Oh, no. I know. Adam Adam will probably remember. I was still like post-COVID real exhausted. Like, yeah. oh, God, I'm moving out in the world. And even walking is exhausting sort of thing. Yeah. But we're standing there talking to this guy. And he tells us how he did this 
this is unbidden in the in the Edinburgh airport. He's like, I did this ghost tour once and we walked through the cemetery and the tour leader told us that oftentimes people, when they come through here, will find that they have scratches on themselves. Oh, they don't know the source of. And he walked through and thought everything was fine. He had his cell phone in his jeans pocket. Mm -hmm. And then when he left, he saw that though his jeans were fine, there were what looked like fingernail scratches dug into the glass of his cell phone. Whoa. Yeah. He's just telling us this in the Edinburgh airport. Whoa. Oh, man. I was just like, I got to get back to Scotland. This is amazing. Oh, (laughs) my gosh. It was it was so weird and random you know wow so, oh that is so creepy oh my gosh whoa yeah, like gouged in there it's so awesome whoa. creepy but I, awesome. i'm wondering um one of our listeners molly the vet who has yes. talked to us about the tensile strength of skin previously um she lived in edinburgh for a couple of years oh so God, i'm right. yeah yeah so molly oh if you hear God. this i want to know yeah. uh yeah she, yeah, I, I mean, she was mostly busy being a veterinarian, to be God, fair. I um, that you lived there, Molly. Yeah, yeah, for years. So I want to. Oh, and happy birthday! It's Molly's birthday today. Oh, um, so uh, yeah, I want to know what that cemetery is. I want to know if there yeah, are other I gotta remember. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't think it stayed in my head, but Adam might yeah. remember, or maybe we can look up creepy scratches. Edinburgh Cemetery. See what we now got. it turns out that like you're going to be doing some history into the cemetery, some digging, uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. not intended. And uh, and you see a picture of like I don't know the like founder of the cemetery or yes, someone famous that there. Man. Yeah, yes. yeah, yes. that's totally what's going to happen. <laughs> oh my god, yes. I can't wait when that, for when that happens. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> cool. So um, yeah, today I didn't watch the episode. Again, okay. we support Helen in, yeah. I, uh, in, I want to say work-life balance in podcast life balance. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I it's podcast work life foundation, all sorts of balancing. Oh, yeah. If you listen to this podcast and you don't know us already in person, Helen is the founder of the Marigold Foundation, uh, which exists to provide uh, financial help to families who have lost a child and have medical yes. bills. Is that true? Yep. Did I say that? that, is, that yes, that I is mean, true. Is that true? <laughs> <laughs> it's a front. <laughs> no, um, I just want to make sure I said it right. Like, it's it's like the worst money laundering <laughs> sort God, of scam. <laughs> Um, oh, it is that is correct. And, uh, yeah. And it is, uh, I, I was telling someone about it recently and they were like, Oh, so what did you do before that? Like implying that was my full-time job. And I was like, Oh no, I'm, <laughs> I'm a professor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, but I don't need to complain about being busy because everyone is busy. It's okay. And, you know, I didn't. Yes, I didn't watch that episode, but I did watch several hours of The Good Place, which I've seen previously. But, you know, it's a very different vibe. So. It, is. it is. And also, like, sometimes your brain just can't handle any, like, analysis and you need to yeah. just, like, relax with something positive. Exactly. Yes. Cool. All right. So tell me about it. Okay. So 
Uh, we are watching, we are talking about episode 18 of season one. This is a so-called monster of the week episode, meaning it's not part of the overall mythology, although there is some stuff in here related to Mulder's backstory. Oh, um, and so I'm going to tell which one was this miracle man. This oh, miracle okay. Man. okay. I, I, certainly have seen this episode, but I did not remember any of the details about it. I actually did find the reveal sort of surprising. Um, And when I'm done telling you about it, I also have some stuff that in doing research about the episode, I discovered some things that exist that I didn't know about. And I'm so excited and I'm going to make us do a thing and you're going to see, and it's going to be great. All right. For future episodes, we're going to do it. We're going to do a thing. It's going to be great. Okay. All right. We'll we'll get to that. Um, And then uh, also at the end, I think as Helen mentioned, when we're done, we're going to share a listener story of something spooky and weird. Um, So we'll get to that at the end. Okay. So this episode starts with 1983 and uh, you can see there's like a fire and there's emergency trucks and there's a body bag. And this young boy who's probably like, I don't know, 10 or 12 or something, uh, him and his dad, uh, he kind of like pushes his way in and he asks to see the body and they're like, he's dead kid. And the, the dad, <laughs> is like, well, then he can't do any harm, Kenny. And so the boy like lays his hands on the body or on the bag, I guess. And is like, rise up and heal. And he does. And he comes back to life. That's like the worst sort of police work. I mean, like, my God, the worst. (laughs) No, I mean, no, but like that, like, you're just like, eh, sure. Touch the dead body. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. Okay. All right. So he does, Um, but but he does. And the guy comes back to life. And so then now it's the future or, you know, it's the nineties. Um, and uh, Scully is telling Mulder about a case. This is one that she mm-hmm. found. And so she's showing Mulder this video of this like tent preacher. Um, and it's, it's the dad and the boy is now, you know, a young man, early yeah. 20 or something. Um, and it's like faith healings and Ooh. man, this sounds interesting. I should have watched it. No, I feel like there's nothing wrong with this episode, but mm-hmm. I didn't find it especially interesting but I don't, okay. I don't blame the episode. Huh. I think it might have just been my <laughs> mindset because I had other stuff on my mind. Okay. Um, or it just didn't particularly interest me because yeah. I don't know. Okay. Well, maybe maybe I'll watch it too. Yeah, because as I was yeah. watching it, or no, sorry, as I'm talking about it, I feel like, well, this, this sounds quite interesting. Why was mm-hmm. I not more interested? Uh, yeah. So... Okay, so they're at this town. Um, they're no, no, they're not there yet. They're watching the video and they're seeing this boy, like the, the you know, young man Samuel. Yeah. Uh, and Calvin, by the way, is the the dad who like okay. runs the show. And it's very like what you picture. He's in a suit and he's really um, charismatic and he's collecting a lot of money. And you know, there's all the people cheering and praising God and and whatnot. Yeah. And Samuel comes out and uh, he like lays his hands on this uh woman who's uh got like a tumor on her spine or something Mm -hmm. and is going to heal her and then scully stops the video and is like okay so actually (laughs) that woman ended up dying basically right after this oh and we think that that 
kid, Samuel, not mm-hmm. kid, young guy, yeah. um, had something to do with it because oh. she didn't die of the tumor. She died mysteriously. Oh, they, but the congregation wouldn't let them do an autopsy. And so like, because they were members of the congregation and all of them yeah. are no autopsies. Also at the front of the church, not really doing any talking. You can see this man in a suit, uh, Leonard Vance, and he is the guy who was raised from the dead. Oh, okay. And he's got like kind of like scarring on his face because he'd been in a fire and he's very strange and he's, he's like in a black suit and he's got sunglasses and a weird hat. And um, okay. he's, he's like kind of a part of things. So he's like become part of their ministry. So Mulder and Scully go down there and they're talking to the sheriff and the sheriff clearly thinks these people are con artists mm-hmm. and um, is like, let's go and, and, and see them. Fair. They go to the see the the show the the whatever <laughs> yeah know the right word and um, the church service the, yes the service <laughs> the <show. laughs> this reminds me a good me show <laughs> me when I've watched football with Adam and Quinn and accidentally refer to the players' costumes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Um, so yeah, they go to the church show and Samuel, the young guy is not there and you can see the crowd is disappointed. And the, the dad Calvin is trying to like talk through it and be like, Oh, we'll be back. It's all good. You know? Yeah. And so, um, Mulder and Scully and the sheriff decide that they're going to exhume the body of the woman who died. They okay. finally talk her family into it. And so it's nighttime. Why is it always nighttime when they do yeah. I, I don't know. In my experience, I have never. Have you exhumed bodies? Well, it depends on what you mean. I mean, not. <laughs> Is there a lot of like <laughs> gray area? <laughs> um, well, I've I've excavated in working cemeteries, so Maybe it hasn't been. Can you be a little more specific? Um, yes, I have. Specifically, doing and what were you removing? Digging bodies. <laughs> that, that's a that's a semicolon answering both questions. Okay. So um, what I was doing was digging. What right. I was digging for was bodies. But it was, I mean, skelet- skeletalized remains. And so it wasn't like, it wasn't for any sort of um, like investigative purposes. That's what I mean by like, it wasn't like exhumation for, you know, the police. It was, us, yeah. Right. Um, it was, they were already skeletonized. And so we were digging, but it was in like a, um, a working cemetery. So like, we'd have to be careful because people were there to visit family members. And why, why were you doing this? So this was in Cyprus. And so, yeah, yeah. So, um, I was in Cyprus in 2016 and, uh, one of the things that, we were there to do was to dig up, um, to excavate some of the skeletonized remains, some of the people that had already been skeletonized to put them then in, um, either the ossuary or in smaller boxes. So Cyprus is a very small Island and it's off the coast of kind of that corner of Turkey, Syria, Egypt in there. So there were, it was cool. I mean, there were Roman ruins when we were there. There were also Egyptian ruins. Whoa. Um, yeah. So um, because it's so small, they don't have room to just straight up 
bury everyone. They don't have these like big giant rolling cemeteries like we do here. Yeah, yeah. And so one of the ways that they do that is that you kind of lease a plot for seven years. And so then once a person is skeletonized, they can be like their, I believe this is the way it works. I hope I'm not confusing it with what they do in other countries, but you can then I think possibly renew like the lease or you can be um, like share the plot and be collected into a smaller vessel once you're skeletonized and then put at like the foot of the grave. Um, and then someone else can be put in there. So, yeah. No, you know, it's interesting that you mentioned that I just saw in my Facebook memories from a couple of weeks ago was when Adam and I were doing some research on a cemetery in Paris for our upcoming vampires trip. And, uh, I was just, we were just like looking at a list of notable burials Mm -hmm. and somebody, I think it was a scientist. I can't remember who was buried there. And then they have a note that his body was lost and (laughs) I was like, okay, which was lost, but it's because the plot had been rented and when they removed him, they then misplaced him. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. That's not that uncommon in Europe. But for land use yeah. reasons. Yeah. 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 So, so that's, so that's what I mean. So I, I have not, I, w- I wouldn't call that exhumation as much as excavation, okay. um, but it was all in the daylight. Okay. Yeah. 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 I mean, there was no reason to, I mean, it's always at night on the X. It's always at night. Always. Yeah. 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 So they're excavating. And of course, as this is happening, all of the church folks start coming up with lanterns super creepy, um, to protest because it's against their beliefs. And so while we just Sully, had a lot of cats, sorry, what'd you say? We just had a lot of cats. Oh, <laughs> cemetery cats. <laughs> I wish that this was going to be a twist where they were cats. Or something, but no. So, um, unlike when you really, really predicted the, uh, <laughs> the lizard, uh, yeah. Then they get word, like while Scully is talking to them, that they found Samuel, the kid who they okay. think killed this woman somehow. Right. Um, and he is drunk at a bar and oh. he's like, I did this. I killed her. I totally deserve this. I've turned away from God. I've done bad things. And he's super drunk and mm-hmm. remorseful. And Scully's like, something about this doesn't feel right. Like, he's just like, yep, I did it. But he's not really offering any other details. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he starts telling Mulder. And this is where it gets a little bit into the kind of the main plot. He's like, mm-hmm. you've lost someone. You're haunted by a loss mm-hmm. of it's your sister, isn't it? And huh. so he starts talking about Samantha. Yeah. And, um, and so then a couple different times later in the episode, Mulder starts seeing visions of her in crowds and it doesn't really go anywhere, but there's like multiple times where he sees her and he tries to find her and he can't. Hmm. Um, So they go and they do, uh, there's a hearing for Samuel, just like a bail hearing. And the judge is, and and the, um, the judge is like, you know, we should just let you go. Like this isn't yeah, not let, let him go period. But like, I think he's fine to have, to be out on bail. Oh, okay. And it's like, no, I don't deserve it. I'm so guilty. I, and then they're like, dude, you know, quiet. Yeah. His lawyer is not happy. Um, and then the courtroom fills with locusts. 
Ah. After he is declared free on bail, which Samuel feels is an expression of God's displeasure with him being freed. Um, hmm. The locusts are very, you know, there, there's real bugs in there. They have to all leave. Um, but while Samuel's out on bail, uh, he goes back to preaching and uh, he attempts to heal a woman in a wheelchair. And that seems like it should be disallowed as conditions of his bail, right? You would think so. Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. Where, I don't know what to tell you about that. Uh, so update for our listeners, my children are home. So we may have to uh, make this a shorter. I'm going to speed so, things up. Yeah. <laughs> ready. It's, it, you can put this bit to Yakety Sacks or something. Um, all right. So he goes back. They're at the service. Mulder and Scully yeah. are. Mulder gets distracted because he thinks he sees Samantha and he's like, Oh, I got to go find her in the crowd. Mm -hmm. And he, uh, Samuel tries to heal this woman in a wheelchair. She has a seizure and dies right there. Ooh. Scully tries to save her. Nope. She's dead. So now he's put in jail. The sheriff is very angry. The sheriff hates this family. And you're thinking maybe that's reasonable sheriff, but then the sheriff puts some guys in the cell with Samuel to beat him to death. Oh my God. Yes. And it is oh. quite uh, not good. So that's Ooh. bad. And then he's like, yeah, he started a fight with these other guys. And it's oh. very clear to the viewer that that is not what happened. Right. Uh, so that's horrible. Yeah. And um, Scully finally gets to do an autopsy. And oh, I'm sorry. I have the order of this wrong. First, before Samuel is dead, he's in the jail cell. Scully does the autopsy, finds out how did the woman die? Cyanide poisoning. It was not something oh. that poisoned. Ooh. And uh, so she goes and she talks to Samuel in his cell and he's still all, I'm guilty. I did this. But she manages through conversation to make it clear he has no idea she died from cyanide poisoning. So it's clear he's actually innocent. Ah. Uh, she's going to prove it. And then he gets beaten to death. I see. That's not good. And then Mulder... Um, starts doing some research on this whole locust phenomenon. Mm -hmm. And he finds out that um, actually they were just grasshoppers and <laughs> you can like look up who ordered grasshoppers. <laughs> and so he finds out that Leonard Vance ordered a whole bunch of grasshoppers. That's the dude who was saved from um, light of the fire. Say what um, you want about America, but you can still order a hell of a lot of yeah, plants for thirteen dollars. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so, so yeah. Uh, so then it flashes to Leonard Vance, who's like sitting in his house. Mm -hmm. Mulder and Scully are on their way there. Leonard has a vision of Samuel, like it seems pretty clear he's like hallucinating out of guilt um, uh, because, yep, Leonard killed all these people. Ah, uh, why? Uh, so he. First, he puts some cyanide in his glass of water and he drinks it. So then he's dying as Mulder and Scully arrive because he has poisoned himself. And he ah. says, basically, he was just like really angry and bitter um, that he like should have died. And now he's back, but he's still not himself. And he's been miserable. And um, so he just poisoned some people and made it look like Samuel did it. Uh, I don't know. I didn't huh. really call that. Yeah. Um, and so... Uh, then they find out that Samuel's body has disappeared from the morgue. And he, Ooh, is he back to life? Well, 
apparently. Uh, they don't really look into this, but he's been spotted <laughs> walking around town with bruises on his face. Um, so they don't look into that. No, because they solved the crime, so they have to leave. And the episode uh, ends with showing that the sheriff is getting arrested by one of his deputies to investigate the whole murdering this dude or like having him be yeah. the death thing. Samuel good. is Jesus. I don't know. And huh. uh, Leonard Vance, the poisoner, is dead. Okay. And the ministry is shutting down. So, okay. Okay. All right. So that's the episode. I yeah. felt like, okay, Ashley, whatever. It was fine. Yeah. Um, but now I can tell you some other things about it. Yes, please. I discovered, I was just, you know, looking up a uh, episode summary because I wanted to make sure that I knew about it. And I discovered that, uh, I don't know, a couple decades ago, 16 young adult novelizations of X-Files episodes were written. And this was one of them. So they're written from the point of view of a young person in the episode, but it's the Whoa. plot of the episode. And so this is like written from Samuel's perspective. Get out. That's yeah. cool. Yeah. Wait, are yeah. they like, like fan fiction or like no, actually no, like, no. like actually published things? Yeah. Whoa. Like licensed things, but it gets better in 2017. I think only two books so far in the series called X-Files Origins, which are stories about Mulder and Scully as teenagers <gasps> solving crimes in original mysteries. Oh my gosh. We are going to read one and talk about it on the podcast. Oh, yes, totally. Well, we'll discuss terrible. what you would like it in. I was going to say <laughs> arriving at your house, not terrible. Oh. <laughs> yeah. So let me just tell you, in the spring of 1979, 17-year-old Fox Mulder has bigger problems than applying for college. Five years ago, his younger sister disappeared. Mulder blames himself. His mother blames his father, who has retreated into his top secret work for the State Department. In his Fox's senior year, his dad has moved him to Washington, D.C., away from his friends on Martha's Vineyard. While Mulder doesn't mind the fresh start and not being known as the kid with the missing sister, he's still obsessed with finding Samantha. Here we go. So when a local boy turns up dead and another child is abducted, Mulder can't stop himself from getting involved. As he uncovers the truth, Mulder and his friends find themselves on the trail of a serial killer. Oh, man. So, yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. I know. I kind of oh. hope it's really good, but, you know, I don't know. It it's could like, be. I mean, I, know. I mean, yeah. I guess this is what I feel like since getting into writing, I realized there's some like really good, cool authors who get into um, what do they call it? Works that are already existing. There, there's a phrase for it that I'm just forgetting, like copyrighted not existing um, stuff. No, not fanfic. No, like things where uh, licensed, for example, this writer I know got hired to write a book about the girl who was in the new Buzz Lightyear movie. I can't, I, don't, I didn't watch it, so I don't know. Oh, character. I didn't either. This oh, huh. Girl. Yeah, so like, um, uh, there's a term for this type of work, but where like a company hires you and they're like, hey, we want a thing about this character. And this is kind of what we want it to be about. And then you write it. And it's like, good writers do that for extra oh. money. Sometimes. It's hard to make a living as a writer. So yeah. knowing that, I feel a little like, Maybe it's good. We'll Ooh. see. We're going to find out, though. We're gonna yeah, we are. Oh, so if you'd that's like fantastic. To read it, look at Agent of Chaos, X-Files Origins, and read along with us. Okay, so which one are we reading first? I think, I think we should two. read Agent. There's two. So we'll read Agent okay. of 
chaos. And then okay. there's also one called Devil's Advocate, which is about Ooh. 15-year-old Dana Scully. Oh, my gosh. Also in the spring of 1979. Um, so that's the second one. So I okay. feel like we should read uh, Agent of Chaos first, and then we can read Devil's Advocate. They're by different authors. So Okay. Oh, interesting. Huh. We do that, you know. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, totally. Let's do it. Awesome. All right. Great. And we are going to wrap stuff up with a listener story. Yes. Would you like to share it or shall I? Yeah, I will. Okay. Okay. Cool. So this is from Christine and Christine says, this falls in with the weird government stuff kind of episodes. When I was a kid, I lived in New Orleans. We had like three oil refineries, a sugar refinery, and a NASA site. I was 13, 14 at the time and was at my best friend's house. I spent every day I could at her house because her parents let us stay up all night goofing around. It was around 3 a.m. and there was this huge boom. The windows rattled and we both froze. This was also after 9-11, so our fear was through the roof. It was some kind of attack. We look outside and see that in the direction of one of the refineries, there's this bright orange glow lighting up the sky. We rush out into her yard and get out her telescope to try to get a better view. It was a piece of junk, so no better view was to be had. As we were fiddling with the telescope, there's another ground-shaking boom, but from behind us. Another refinery was now ablaze and lighting up the sky. By this point, her mom had woken up and came outside. We talk a bit about what could be going on before she ushers us inside for fear of what we might be breathing in. We turn on the TV and the local news was covering it. There was all kinds of theories being thrown around. That planes wreckage could be seen, that people were inside, but nothing they could show. We stayed up till past sunrise watching the news until we couldn't keep our eyes open any longer. The next day, there was some minor coverage to say it was an accident, and after that, it was never spoken about again. I find it unlikely two major oil refineries on the Gulf Coast had massive explosions the same night was just a coincidence, but that's actually the story they tried to spin. After unsuccessfully trying to say it was only one, few people were actually awake, so I guess they thought they could get away with it. Below is the link to the only news story I've been able to find about it. Also, if it were an X-Files episode, I think Millie Bobby Brown should play young me. I don't know enough young actresses to pick anyone else, but my best friend should be someone a solid foot shorter. Okay. I don't know (laughs) enough young actresses either. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) but I Um, like it. And then I looked up the article and yeah, yeah, they do make it sound like no big thing. Um, Yep. There's an oil refinery on fire and there had to be an evacuation. Um, It was contained, uh, not expected to be a threat. Um, And then um, the fire chief said, yeah, there was another refinery fire just an hour earlier. um, But that one was more routine. No connection between the fires is suspected. More routine. Yeah, that's what I really want to know. Like <laughs> one of those routine big fires. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so. Huh. And if you heard that, that is probably the sound of our episode ending. Yes. Child. <laughs> it's the four-year-old alarm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it's good to be back. I will yeah. watch the next episode, which I swear <laughs> I say a lot. Um but you watch them. It's shadows usually watch coming them. up next. So is that well, true? I don't know, no, but that's familiar. Episode 19 we are watching. I think it's shadows. Okay. Shapes. 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 And we were oh. watching. 
<laughs> it's like, I thought that sounded familiar. Thinking, yeah. Shapes. 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 Huh. This sounds like one we'll make fun of, but that's just a guess. Yeah. yeah. Cool. <laughs> Maybe it's just like triangle. Yeah. I don't know what that would even be. I'm pretty sure that's not. There it. is an episode named Triangle. Oh my God. Oh, and that's such a good episode. Yeah. Speaking of shapes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh, that's a fantastic episode. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway, yeah, we'll watch yeah. shapes next episode. Yes. 19. Send us your stories. Yes. Um, thanks to Christine and, uh, until next time. Oh, and like, remember review rate us, please do yes. all that stuff. It's really nice. And you can always find us on Instagram at we want to believe pod or email yes. us at we want to believe pod at gmail.com. Yep. All oh, right. We still don't have a good sign off. So no, for now, we don't. We will bye. say bye. <laughs>